Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Black and Bourbon Podcast with Khalil and Naya. What's up, guys? I am here today with a special guest. We have a friend that I have literally known for 20 years, so it's going to be a great conversation. We're going to talk about our careers, and we're going to get into some history. You know, we both grew up in the burbs of Richmond, Virginia, so our experience growing up was pretty similar, and it's really cool to see where we are now. So without further ado, welcome Israel Vaughn. Hello. Has it really been 20 years? <laughs> it has been 20 years. 20 we are years. old, man. I'm we 21. Old. That's crazy. Right? Like, come on. We met, what was it, 2002? Summer, summer of 02. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, and look at us now. Look at us now. <laughs> That's crazy. On, on, on the come up. <laughs> on the come up. I love it. So, what have you been up to, Is? I'm good. I have been grinding as an actor, slash producer, slash writer. As time has gone on, I've had to add more hyphenates because that's just the nature as of the, do, right, the nature right. of beast today. I know. And you can add podcast hosts to You're yours, right. too. I can. <laughs> you beat me to it. I'm a little salty, but hey, I'm not nothing that to be salty about. We all here. <laughs> okay. So, on today's episode... We're going to be talking about you two and your careers coming up. I'll try to answer some questions, but I'm still trying to figure out my life, too. So I'll, we'll basically be talking about you guys' careers and what you guys are doing to get to where you want to be. And I'll ask you guys a bunch of questions on that. You ready? Um, can I? Don't act like we don't have things in common. I also was an athlete, Division one <laughs> athlete in college. So that is true. We got that stuff in true. common. That is true. <laughs> I'll try to answer some. I don't know what I'm going to be um, still trying to figure out my life. So... We shall see. So, okay. That's first what your 20s is for. Yes, that's exactly what it's for. First question. What are the careers you both are pursuing? You first is. I'm the guest. I'll go first. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it started out me pursuing just straight up a career as an actor. When I left college, I wanted to do stage. But I moved to Atlanta, Georgia instead of New York. And down here, the film industry and TV is booming. It's like really starting to hit stride like marvel and tyler perry and all that stuff cw all those shows shoot down here so i kind of pivoted to screen and then when the gigs weren't coming as quickly as i liked i said well let me write my own stuff so then i pivoted to writing and then recently i'm like throwing on a producer hat to try to produce a show next year so very nice uh i guess that's the the the, the dream is to be a professional storyteller and entertainer and mm-hmm. um artist that is cool. Very cool. For me, um, I think similar to Israel, when I graduated, the focus was exclusively on acting. I was always pretty sure that I wanted to move to L.A., so I um, stayed home for a year after I graduated from college so that I could save money and kind of prepare for that transition. And then I moved to L.A. a year later. I've been pursuing acting ever since, um, and actually I've included modeling on that list now too. Once you're in LA and you kind of see different people who are doing a lot of different things, it really inspires you to really want to open up more doors for yourself, um, especially by taking on more leadership roles and creating more of your own opportunities. So instead of just being an actor who's receiving a role, also producing and, and creating projects and even doing things like what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. creating a podcast where we have the autonomy to say what we want and we're producing the content that's aren't ours. Um, so yeah, I think I have 
pivoted in certain ways, but I do think that long-term acting is still the goal. I'd love to, you know, create work that I'm really proud of and I feel like moves people and tells really compelling stories. Mm So for me, that's really important. And I feel like having an opportunity to have some autonomy in this work I'm doing outside of that makes it less stressful that I have to do anything that someone offers me, you know? Yeah. Okay. What made you all want to both be actors? <laughs> do you want to talk about the pack? Oh, go for it. it. That was for me. I don't know. It might have been earlier. Come for on. You, you got to tell him. Okay. So the year was 2006. <laughs> <laughs> and the Disney Channel original movie phenomenon that is High School Musical had just dropped. High School Musical. Khalil, myself, and uh, my godbrother Josiah, the three of us were kind of thick as Steve's back in the day. And Josiah always hosted High School Musical viewing parties every time a new one came out. Mm-hmm. But this year, we were all, like, for some reason, super inspired by it. And we were, like, outside of the church one day. We were like, yeah, we're going to go on all these auditions. And we're going to do all this stuff. We had no clue Meanwhile, what we were talking yeah, about. We no- had we no idea about what we were talking about. <laughs> Literally nothing. Nothing. We knew nothing. But I remember being so jealous because Josiah's dad took him on the Disney, like, you know how they've been on the radio, like, are you going to be the next You're Disney gonna kid? You're going to be the, the next radio? star. <laughs> <laughs> Josiah got to go to one of those, and I was like, dang it. His dad's like, let him be the thing. And my dad's like, no, sports. So, <laughs> But um, at least that was the beginning for me. Um, there was something about seeing Troy Bolton in that. This is literally my uh, <laughs> was my statement of purpose for grad school. So it's like repeating it again. But watching somebody that both loved to sing and act, but also loved mm-hmm. playing sports and getting to see somebody on screen do that was like really inspirational like for me. Um, and that's kind of when I said like, oh, I can do both. I can do this singing and acting, which I have like recently found that I have a love for. I always knew I loved to sing, but acting yeah, was you've like always been a singer at that point. Um, but being able to do sports and do art too was kind of the beginning for me. That was... The inception of like Israel, the the artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should get that trademark. And watching my mom sing around the house. What Israel the artist? Yep. <laughs> For me, it was there was definitely a point where I realized that I enjoyed acting and I was very young. We did a lot of plays really young. I was four and I was in my first show. <laughs> but I decided that I wanted to pursue it as a career at a later point. Um, I was definitely older. When I got to high school, I did this governor's school program that was during the summer and it was an audition and they only accepted 40 students there was actually two rounds of auditions um and it was at a university and it was very similar to what a collegiate conservatory program would be like Uh, it was kind of like a preview no this program wasn't at appomattox this was a virginia residential governor's school Mm -hmm. it was a summer program it was hosted at radford the year that i did it for me I enjoyed the experience. That experience was phenomenal. But the thing that really stands out in my mind was the audition and, and that and the audition that I did to get into college. You've probably experienced this from your grad school auditions. When you're in that really highly competitive mindset, especially from an audition perspective, it's something else. It's <laughs> yeah, it's it's so affirming, you know, especially after you've put in in so much work and you've done so much to create these characters, then you're like, wow, I'm pretty good at this. Like, this is, this is something that I could do for a while. (laughs) I think those two experiences in particular, they really changed the game for me. A lot of people would think it would have been a performance, but but it really was those two audition experiences. People that don't know like about acting, like we all, 
actors know the, the work is rarely right. ever going to be in like the gig right. itself. It's almost always going to be in the rehearsal room or in a class or at like a showcase or something like that's yeah. the rehearsal process, like kind of what we live for, you know? And that's what I enjoyed about those experiences, putting in that work and really building those characters and really being confident in the choices that I made. That was so empowering and it was so fun. It was something that I could see myself doing forever. Forever. <laughs> I just watched Sandlot yesterday, so. Sandlot. Man, that is a throwback. <laughs> That's so interesting that you compare yourself to Troy Bolton because recently, especially since COVID, I've had like been struggling with that because being an athlete is so time consuming. But I like want to do this podcast. I wanted to do my YouTube channel and I wanted to, you know, go out and take pictures from my Instagram every single day but because you have it's so time consuming it's hard to find time to be able to focus on what I want to do after college and what I'm going where I'm going to go with my career and be able to put in a lot of time with being an athlete and being um and doing all these time consuming 20 hours a week and just doing all this stuff for volleyball is hard but also wanting to focus on what I want to do after college yeah it's a tricky finding balance it's a full-time job being a student athlete um I yeah. don't know. I look yeah. back and I'm like, how did I do all that stuff all the time? <laughs> like high school, yeah. my parents had me in every, I was in like the middle school chorus and choir and also played football, but also played tennis in the spring. Yeah. That's how Khalil and I met through tennis, uh-huh. actually. Yep. And tennis practice. <laughs> Playing tennis and then doing like church things. And then I was also on like the AP advanced track on all of my schooling too. So definitely like that. That black suburban, like, the only thing we weren't a part of was, like, Jack and Jill, and that was it. <laughs> like, everything else. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's interesting because I think about the academic pressure that we put on ourselves as kids or that was put on us as kids, and I wonder if I would have my kids do the same thing. If they want to, you know, if they want to do it. I mean, yeah, if they want to, but... I think there were certain things that I thought were a lot more important that I realized now probably aren't as important as I thought they were. Yeah. I think for me, I want my kids, I want them to play sports, and I, but I also, if they want to do it, then they can do it. But I want to let them know because like I went through, I did it. It's a lot. You know, you got to love right. it if you're going to go in college and play, if you're going to do this for the long term, it's a lot. Yeah. But you just got to enjoy it. Yeah, and there's also a certain level of like, you want your kids to succeed. So a friend of mine has kids in their child has asked them for a drum set. And he said to his wife, like, look, buying a drum set is an investment. There's a point where you're like, okay, if you're going to do this, you have to stick with it for a certain amount of time. Like, we're not just going to mm-hmm. let you jump from thing to thing. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish my parents had done that with piano. Same with my brother. He, my brother played in the, in the NFL. But at a certain point in his early development, my brother is a big, big proponent of athletes being multi-sport. So, like, not putting all of your energy into one sport, but, like, it also, yeah. it, it makes you a more well-rounded athlete. You know how to approach situations differently. You're not just so focused on one skill set right. either. Um, mm-hmm. But at some point, my dad was like, okay, is it going to be basketball or is it going to be football? And my brother was like, okay, well, football is probably my best bet, but I still want to continue to do these other things for fun. But, like, my focus is on football. Um, so I do understand also, like, having to push people in a certain direction, like, 
hey, there's something. This thing needs to be a main thing. I still do the other things, but there needs to be a main. That's funny because I had, or I had that point, but it was more when I was I did cheerleading for a long time, but obviously that wasn't taking me anywhere. So <laughs> then I went to competition. Competition cheer can get you places, I, you know. <laughs> it can, but I was I was too tall for that. It's time to move on. <laughs> we um, I ran track and I ran track in middle school, but. And I think in eighth grade or seventh grade, one of the two, I stopped running track because it was like, it was so much. And at that point I realized, okay, I think I want to play volleyball. Like I enjoy this a lot more and I want to do this. I mean, I do sometimes wonder if I, what would happen if I kept running track, but it was good to be able to like, once I got in high school, knowing like volleyball is it, like I'm trying where I'm trying to go and make, take this too was good to know. Yeah. Especially if you're showing promise in an area, I'm like, I'm wanting to tell the kid like, mm-hmm. Hey, you're good at this one. Let's do this one over here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, career-wise, though, Khalil, I actually decided acting as a career was going to be actually the summer between my sophomore and junior year or junior and senior year. Sophomore between junior and senior year. I did a program in New York called Michael Howard Studios. Kerry uh, Washington did the same program. Not the same time, but like years before me. And Shout out to them. Yeah, shout out. I don't know, shout out to the to the, to the um, but like doing that summer conservatory, like let me know what it looked like to be an actor like full time. And they did business stuff. They talked about living and the realities of of kind of pursuing the craft and everything. And that that was when I decided like career was what I wanted to do. And it was fresh off of me yeah. leaving the football team at UVA. Um, that was a summer after. So it was kind of it was kind of insane how that worked. <laughs> It seems that things have a way of working out that way, right? Mm-hmm. Where would you say you are in your career on a scale of where you want to be versus where you are now? <laughs> oh. Wow, what a loaded question. <laughs> Not there. <laughs> there, was a, um, there was a guy that came and talked at UVA one time, and he said, you know, if think of it in terms of steps. is like step 10 being like everything you've always desired. Um Step zero being like, I know I want to do this thing, but I don't know how to get started. Zero to one is actually the hardest progression. Mm, I believe that. Mm-hmm. He says zero to one is the hardest progression because you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. You don't know where to start. You don't know where to look. You don't know how to avoid scams. You don't know anything. And then like, who's going to give you an opportunity? It's like that age old when you're applying for a job. Um, hey, we're looking for somebody for five years experience. It's like, well, if you don't give me the experience and I can't do the mm-hmm. job. So like, how do you, how do you fight that and combat that? But um, I would, I think I'm like step two or three. Um, I'm in it. I I know what I know. I I know what I don't know. Um, but there's still a lot of like I don't know what I don't know yet. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's still that like trajectory that I'm still like okay, well, where do I want to pivot from here? What kind of business moves mm-hmm. do I need to make? Um, there's still a lot I need to learn. Um, and one never really stops learning. But uh, I, I would say like it was probably step two. Out of 10, maybe three. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'd probably say I'm still toward the beginning as well. Probably crossing that hurdle from zero to one has definitely been more challenging than I expected. But I do think I've put that behind, I guess you could say. I feel like this industry is unique because there are a lot of aspects that you do not have control over. It is scary when I hear things like people like Kiki Palmer go like, we all winging it. That's like, what you mean you winging it? (laughs) (laughs) That's the one thing about this industry. You're pretty much always looking for a job. 
I mean, even the biggest, most successful actors, as soon as they're done with a movie, they're the looking for another The closest thing to a 9 to 5 that you will ever get is, I think they said working a soap soaps. opera. It's like, right. the closest, it's like the closest thing mm-hmm. to a 9 to 5. Because <laughs> you really do work like kind of 8 to 6-ish. You have right. time to you have like, a consistent schedule. You know, pick up your kids yeah. from daycare and you can see them off to school in the morning. What are some of the steps you have taken in your career so far? Uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's so many and so few. You know, there's all these little things that you do that add up. And then there's also those big goals that you still haven't achieved. So I guess one of the things that we've both done is getting representation having an agent is such a big deal especially when you think about the type of opportunities uh, that you're the opportunities that come across your desk given exactly uh, yeah but also but also knowing you're ready for it too like some mm-hmm. people especially in the atlanta market because the atlanta market is so such an emerging talent pool it mm-hmm. doesn't have the same uh i guess respect but also level of knowledge that maybe la and new york have um mm. there'd be people down here that and i don't mean this in a negative way but there are people here that are hobby actors that like want to do it because it's something fun to do um if they're not treating it like a job and they get on a major set then it looks bad for the entire market so that's what we like the kind of things that we're trying to do down here is like making sure people are well trained so are you taking classes are you pursuing opportunities to get better at mm. the, like actual craft of acting um, right because a big booking for one of us is a big booking for the entire market but also a sour experience for one of for one person is a sour experience for the entire market um so that's like a lot we have to combat here so steps wise I'm making sure, like, if anybody asks me for advice, I'm like, okay, are you ready for an agent first <laughs> before I like tell you to get an a- to go looking for an agent? Like, hey, where right. are you taking classes, or do you have a formal training background, or um, have, are you coming in from another market? Are you coming in from LA, New York, Chicago, or Toronto? So that's what I'm doing. I'm writing um, when I'm not on a gig. Um, I took a full time job because I want to make sure there's still real life things I want for myself. So. Um, as much as I like love acting, there's still a lot of it that I don't want to like keep it from letting me have like a regular life too. Um, maybe not regular life, but you know, those, those like traditional milestones, you know, purchasing a house. uh, Right. Yeah. Those things that we kind of grew up expecting in some way. Yeah. As a part of that suburban experience, you have to be able to have money at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) The pressure for my family to get a 401k and health insurance is like real (laughs) i mean i get it we don't want any one of us to get sick or anything to happen where we would need to use that so even the 401k that's further in the future but the sooner you start the better your return right have you developed any professional relationships that have helped you accomplish any steps toward your career oh (laughs) israel is the best i have the best story for this okay so (laughs) let's say i was very naive and ambitious (laughs) when i first moved out here because i kind of Acting was something I knew I wanted to do, but I was kind of afraid to like pursue and say I wanted to do it. But then finally, I said I'm doing it, and I moved to Atlanta. I was like, "Yeah, I'm ready," and I'd been there for a month, and I was like, "Ugh, why haven't I got any auditions yet? Why haven't I booked anything yet?" A month, mind you. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I was also spoiled because I came off of um, I booked um, rep theater right out of college, so I worked the entire summer with one company doing multiple shows. Uh, moved to Atlanta at the end of that contract and was like, "Okay." Why is Hollywood not knocking down my door? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm I've here. Arrived. I'm like, hey, I came to Atlanta. You know, where 
everybody's telling me Atlanta's the place to be. Why am I not getting the right? Room? Where's Tyler Perry? <laughs> <laughs> the girl that the girl that put a billboard for Tyler Perry, who is working. That's another story. Um, but wait, really? He hired? He her? hired? Yes, he hired her for a small role, and then has now brought her back for a series regular role on wow. uh, a different show he's doing on the app. It's like that is hilarious. It's like this is everything he told us not to do in theater school. Anyway, <laughs> so I moved here. I'm looking for a training home. Uh, find it at uh, Drama Inc. where I currently train, and meet a guy named Scott. And Scott is leading my class. They're like, "Hey, do you want to be an intern?" And I was like, "Yes, that sounds awesome." Become an intern. They send an email saying, "Hey, they're looking for reporters for." Um, this show on BET. Mind you, as an actor, you get auditions for stuff all the time. So, and a lot of times you don't hear anything back. You don't hear a no. That's the hardest part, I think, is mm-hmm. not even hearing no. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't hear anything. You get ghosted <laughs> pretty much every time. Basically. You get ghosted. Um, so, I send my headshot resume like you do when you get these breakdowns. And um, breakdown is what they call like the casting alert. It's like, tells you what the character is, their age, what they look like, what their personality type is. Um, so I did my stuff. I get it back. Turns out it's for Be Mary Jane, season four. I'm working a sales job at the time on a layover in, on my way to, te- on my way to Phoenix, Arizona. I'm in, on a layover in Texas. Get a call saying, hey, we need you on set tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Weren't you on your way to a training I was on, or something? I was on my way to open a new market in Phoenix, Arizona. So I was there to, I was going to be there for a month. I was freaking out, and I called my brother. I'm like, this is for being Mary Jane. Like, what am I supposed to do? And my brother's like, Israel, you didn't come to Atlanta to, to sell direct <laughs> Exactly. You. <laughs> you came here to be an actor, so you need to find a way home. Uh, I consider it the last, like, gift that my godmother gave me, but my godmother mm-hmm. had actually passed the night before I left. So I, that was my, like, reasoning to be able to get out of the flight to come home um mm. i came home shot the show and then like drove up to virginia for the funeral the next day it was the wildest like 76 hours ever and you still got residual checks for that for a while right i was getting it yep i got a residual check recently for 17 cents yep <laughs> <laughs> they're still playing it somewhere <laughs> they're still playing it somewhere but i would not have gotten that gig had i not landed like UVA led me to my my um, academic advisor who connected me with this guy named Michael who connected me with Drum Inc who connected me to Be Mary Jane because the director of that episode and Scott were buddies. So wow, that was like purely connections, and that was actually kind of the story of the first year or two of my career was i didn't book anything off of merit and that actually kind of like hurt a little bit because i'm like what does that mean i'm not a good actor this but like it's, it just shows like relationships are so important like who you know is a big part and not just who you know but who knows but who knows yeah. what you do that's the other part is like not just who know who you know but who knows that you're an actor who knows that you're a writer um and that was a big part of like how i got gigs the first two years of my career was strictly off of relationships and peers too like right now it's the peer game I saw an interview with Issa Rae recently where she was kind of regaling the benefits of just keeping the people around you in close company and and uplifting them. And when one of you comes up, you all end up benefiting. Now, because like when I say like not just who you know, but who knows what you do, people know I write. So now people are like, hey, do you have anything that I can do for a a short film or 
have a friend that I know is a producer. So I've been asking her lots of questions on how to put up a show. Um, so that, that lateral is actually more important. My friend Amanda is, um, has connections with Kenny Leon, the, um, director, the producer. producer, director. Yeah. And he was the one that told her it's about that lateral. Um, because then when one of you comes up, then you kind of bring up the homies, which is so. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mentoring up, mentorship up is great, but the, the lateral is actually what I'm hearing from professionals is more important. Like you said, you just said the same thing. What are some career goals you both have in 2022? Ooh, actually, <laughs> Israel, you just hit a goal that I had set. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to steal your thunder by sharing it, but okay. So one of my career goals for 2022 would be to do a SAG project, which basically means like a opportunity that's represented by the Screen Actors Guild, which is the agency that represents most And um, a couple weeks ago, I actually booked my first SAG National commercial. So <laughs> That's considered like the highest quality of work you could do. So uh, for, yeah. the, for those that are unaware, SAG is the Screen Actors Guild. That's uh, the union for um, actors. Um, actors, radio personalities. Um, now they're including... They're including um, social media influencers and stuff now, too. They have a contract. YouTubers um, can be a part of SAG-AFTRA, which I would definitely look into. It gives you protections and everything. So for those that are, like, weary of union, just look it up. Anyway, and my next, like, career goal, I guess, is to book a guest star opportunity on a mm. TV show or, um, like, a major supporting role in a, in a, in a film. Um, film is, like, an area that mm. I haven't quite tapped into as much as I have TV. Um, but and then there are a couple um, studios I want to work with um, down here and in LA. I would do want to work with A24. That's like my big dream. <laughs> One of my goals for next year is to direct a short film. I've always loved directing, and I've always wanted to do more directing. But it's something that I always put on the back burner. But kind of in line with this conversation, it's something that I want to do because it'll give me more autonomy. It'll be able to create the work myself. And yeah, it's something that I haven't done. So I'm going to have to learn a lot in order to really be able to pull it off. So I'm excited. And I'm also looking forward to meeting new people and producers that can help me with this project. Mm-hmm. One of my mentors here said, I have no shame having a producer list that is just as long as a cast list. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any fears that are making it difficult to go all in in this I career? Mean, I just overcame mine, which was ha- having to take a, a, a traditional nine to five job. And just remembering why you're there. Like I'm there to do a good job, but ultimately it's to like stack my papers mm-hmm. so I can do the thing that I like ultimately love to do. Um, but for a long time, yeah. I was just letting myself be broke right. <laughs> working service industry jobs. <laughs> and every week, Khalil was so sick of me being like, I'm tired of hearing you talk about money. You can get a job. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody is hiring. <laughs> but for some reason it felt like I was like, I guess betraying the craft or something like that, but really just getting over that and, yeah. Just knowing why you're doing something. I think that's a big part of it is Yeah. Knowing knowing why you're doing it will help get through that like the part that kind of, you know, for most artists kind of sucks. Like, but yeah, I had to get over that. And now I'm like excited cuz I'm like, "Oh, I can fund my projects now." What? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, that means I can I can I have I money, can I can pay people. actors. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can pay an actor. <laughs> it's interesting too because what you're describing is paying out of your own pocket, but there's also 
mental benefit that you get from just not having to be stressed about money, right? Like you can be more creative because you don't have to worry about whether or not your bills are getting paid or how much you have to pay towards groceries this week. Like Naya, to your original question for fears, that's something that I struggled with a lot when I first got to LA. I think I thought it was going to be a lot easier. I didn't think it was going to be easy in general because I understand the way the industry works, but I thought being in LA would be enough motivation to get me to do all of the things I knew how to do, right? Like all the things I knew I was supposed to do, but it was kind of scary. Like I got here and it was like putting myself out there was more of a risk than I thought it was going to be. You know what to do, or I felt like I really knew what to do. But for me, there was this block where I couldn't do it. I was, and it wasn't even like, it was hard to describe because it's not like this immobilizing fear where you're like, oh my God, I'm afraid, like stage fright, right? Like you can see it. But for me, it was just so easy to put everything off. And it was like, these are the things that I say I want, but I'm not prioritizing them because of fear, because of my fear of rejection or whatever that might be. Eventually I had to learn how to almost parent myself, you know, like I guess you could call it discipline. It's basically like being able to do the things that I said I want to do, even when I don't want to in that moment, right? I don't feel like sending these headshots because I feel like there's this constriction in my chest because who knows what, but you still do it anyway, right? Like you push through that feeling and you still put yourself in those places because you're not going to have the reward if you don't ever start the race. What advice would you give to those in your positions? <laughs> I guess the advice we'd be giving each other all the time. <laughs> Stay consistent. And like Khalil and I actually talk about this a lot is growing up black and suburban, there's always the the push to be exceptional mm-hmm. and to not make mistakes because you have the blackness being like the threats that constantly surround that. So yeah. You know, make sure you always look presentable. Make sure you're not acting a fool where you go. Make sure you behave a certain way. You know, move a certain way in certain spaces. Code switch, like all of the normal survival things were taught. But then the desire for our parents to our parents desires for us to do and accomplish more than they did. Um, yeah. So there's the, with that comes like I guess the fear of messing up or failing or making mistakes and i remember Khalil and i talked about this like definitely something we want to like instill in our own kids is like being okay with making mistakes and Failure. being okay with messing up yeah because you know what did will smith say fail frequently fail early and fail, fail often, often. Yep. yeah so yeah just just because the failures are only lessons learned to getting to the big goal and everything. And I think that people who are highly successful understand that failure is an intimate part of success. They don't even look at it as a failure, to be honest. You can ask them about times that they failed and they're like, oh, well, to be honest, I learned this thing and it ended up in this wild success that you all know about or that you all have heard about. It's just a part of their one thing is a part of the other. And so the more the quicker you can embrace the failure, the quicker you can move to more success oh and finish finish whatever it is oh yeah oh yeah and finish the project don't like start half, things and then the leave them unfinished getting it done there's so many people that have that have ideas and business plans and 
all these things, but just won't do the thing. It's like, hey, finish finish the thing and do the thing. Like that's it. <laughs> Post the content, whatever it is. Post it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so last question. Are there any actors or actresses you appreciate because of what they have done in the acting community for black people or are simply just great actors to watch? Kelvin Harrison Jr. is one of the up-and-coming people that I think everybody needs to see, watch, experience. He did um, Waves, which was an A24, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And Loose. And he's going to be on the new season of Euphoria. Oh, really? Yeah, he's on that. But uh, when I tell you, he's like one of those up and coming people that I'm like, yo, dude is. That's so, so interesting. Good. Do you know what character he's playing? I'm excited, though. Um, he's one. I wonder if he's played a teenager. You said he was done being he... a teenager. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he does not look like. He doesn't look as young as Zendaya, I should say. Yeah, um, but that's like, he's that's at the top cool, of my though. list. Um, Anjanu Ellis is a. One of those like, why have why have people not found you earlier? Like, she's an older woman, but she's she did uh, Lovecraft Country. She did the King Richard, the Serena Williams movie. She did the Clark um, sisters playing their movie. mom. She did the Clark sisters playing Maddie, uh, Maddie Mouse Clark. She crushed that. But that's <laughs> another she one. Threw that's that like, shoe. She did it <laughs> right. But that girl for chewing gum. <laughs> But yeah, there's those are the two that like off rip like these two are people to watch and like definitely track their trajectory because they're gonna be like really big, I think. For me, Lakeith Stanfield comes to mind. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's doing some really good. I feel like he's done a really good job of choosing the right projects for him, and a lot of them have been really successful. I feel like it had his career been steered by different people. Yeah, it might have gone in a different direction because I think he has a very particular flavor that he brings to every character, right? But it works, and I appreciate it. Yeah, and I feel like he's going to probably win a lot of awards. I feel like his characters match him a lot because he just always looks so, like, high. Or <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I said, it works for him. It does. does yeah. For whatever he's doing. And even in the characters, it feels like there's similarities, but it doesn't feel yeah, like, like he's Knives, doing the, the same. Thing, yeah. Like Knives Out was such a good example, example of that. Like where he is like you're playing a cop or a detective, but you're also like, I want to watch you do this. <laughs> you're sure. Oh, and then I'm gonna shout out two of my friends. So I don't care. Um, Brittany Inge, she was on the reboot of uh, it wasn't a reboot, but the um, the the continuation of Boomerang. The TV show. She played Crystal Garrett in okay. that. She had a beautiful standalone episode where she got to go to Paris and shoot, which was awesome. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And she was on this Pat show, and she's working on stuff now. Uh, then Alexis Lauder, who's a good friend of mine. Hey, I know Alexis. She's crushing it. I know you met Alexis. Yeah. She's dope. I follow her on IG now. She's super she's so cool. cool. Very Real down to earth. Just like hanging out with her dog and her and her friends. Like, that's who she is. Um, God-fearing woman goes to church. Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's, that's actually how we met uh, at church. But she recently um, did Cop Shop. Um, she was the female lead. The female lead. Like, kind of the first in Atlanta to, like, kind of accomplish that that level of work. Um, of the lead in a, in a summer blockbuster. Um, she was in Tomorrow War. She did a bunch of TV stuff before this. She has... Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this one, but she got another show coming out soon. So, 
yeah, so she's she's another one that's like one to watch. Um, catch early. She can be one of those people that are like, I knew them when they were only doing BET stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the Black and Bourbon Podcast. And thank you to our very first guest for coming in and answering our questions and just sharing where you are in your career and what you're doing to advance and get to where you want to be. Yes, Israel. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. And to the listeners, thank you for joining us as well engaging with us and you know being a part of the conversation if you guys want to find out israel yep and you can find me on instagram at uh the real deal israel i-s-r-a-e-l you guys that's, heard that's him my name on go all follow the, all him the socials i think all right that is our episode and we will catch you all later